Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 103 of the podcast. I'm back from my holidays, back with a bang, with a super guest on this evening. Joining me this evening is a top class referee in his field. So he refereed the All-Ireland replays in the Hurling in 2012 and 2013. And more important than all that, he's also my second cousin, as if one of us is not enough. James McGrath, welcome to the podcast. Good evening, Alan. How are you? I'm great. It's good to have you here. Yeah, thanks very much for the invite. I'm, before we even get into the highlights of your career, how in the name of God did you get into re- refereeing, or why did you get into refereeing? I actually got into it by accident. Uh, I was a mentor for an underage team at, I think, another 13 Blitz near home in uh, Clonkill back in the day and referee never showed up so when our games were over I was asked then would I mind just refereeing uh, one or two of the last games and then somebody kind of said to me after would you not think of going in doing a referees course and that's how it happened back I think in 1995 uh, and did you play hurling yourself before I that? did yeah I played uh, with my club Churn um, we played most of our hurling at intermediate level we got to a final in 97 we lost that after a replay and I suppose I played for the best part of maybe 20 22 years with Churn juggled a bit of refereeing with it as well and then when I was on the uh, Leinster panel and then going on to the national panel I had to just basically stop the uh, hurling but uh, no with many good days uh, with Churn very small club um, very successful at Camogie in our club uh, St Munnis would be our Camogie counterparts Aileen Lawler the former president of the association she would have played with St Munnis as well um, so yeah we're about 10 miles north of Westmead um, most of the hurling up in Westmead is actually pocketed in an area of north Westmead out from probably Castletown Gig and there a bit south um, you have about 8 or 10 clubs there kind of some pulling out the one parish Okay, right. Was there any trepidation going into the refereeing? Was there kind of doubts about it, or is it, uh, is it worth the abuse type of thing? Yeah, or did that I ever cross your mind? I, I do recall there was one day, I suppose it was probably only a few months I had, and you know, there was um, a bit of abuse from a mentor um, at an under 12 game in our own pitch, would you believe? And I was totally neutral and had, I think I had, I had four umpires for what it was worth for under 12, but yeah, I kind of remember thinking after that game, um, you know, so. It um it kind of was either going to make me or break me, and I feel too that that deters a lot of referees from taking up the whistle, because you know if they see that somebody is starting out, you're probably a bit more vulnerable than that. But uh, if you can get through that, then you know you're probably um going to going to improve and develop. Is it bad at underage level? Uh, I mean they've they've talked about uh, give respect, uh, get respect, and quiet sidelines. I haven't seen too many of them too quiet. Is that right? Yeah, mm. still. Because I suppose like adults is one thing, but you're nearly fending for yourself. It's nearly kind of when you go to underage, it's the parents that are just so passionate about their little Johnny and their little Mary. That's what it? it is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you'd find like if you're doing a senior championship match in here in the park, um, you know, you would kind of have little or no abuse. Definitely not from the sideline. You might get an odd fool in the stand, but they'd be just shouting for their own team or maybe trying to crack a joke so that the people laugh. But yeah, you're right. Usually a lot of that from underage. It is the parents, definitely. Did you yeah. find yourself moving up through the ranks pretty quickly then from underage games? Yeah, so um, uh, the first county final at senior I did um, was um, interesting between first cousins on both teams, uh, the Devines and Williams, uh, Lachlan Gales and Castle Pollard. 
and that couldn't even be sorted on the day it went to a replay um, so that was an interesting first county final um, I think that was back in uh, 2003 I think it was and that time um, I would have been on the Leinster panel yeah because I refereed the minor final in 2001 uh, Kilkenny and Wexford so the likes of say David Herity that's man managing Kildare now uh, Tommy Walsh uh, of Kilkenny uh, Keith Rossiter Wexford um, Des Mythen that was when they were minor 2001 so yeah then I suppose maybe three or four years later then it was Leinster on the 21 final and um, some of the games uh, probably between the 2001 minor till 2006 minor semi-final were kind of you know um, in Ulster uh, in Connacht in Leinster and it was very hard to get into Munster because Munster I think that time it was kind of seen as kind of uh, you know they were probably more elite or that so to get a game in Munster was probably a big step forward um, and uh, from then on then I suppose things kind of moved on a bit quicker then around 2007 or 8 yeah and is it just a case then that people are coming watching you and seeing well this guy's fairly good or is it a case that you know is there a lot of referees with potential that you're up against or is it just a case of kind of getting nailed down to what you're doing and people then come and spot that yeah well I suppose uh, to answer the first part of your question there would be um, an assessor at games and they're called an advisor now uh, you'd probably have you know people on boards that would be watching and they'd probably feed back to somebody in central council that if they saw um, a referee say with some um, you know some attributes that, that, that they could say that you know this referee has the potential to do well they'd probably report back do you know what I mean and that would probably feed into the provincial council or something like that um, I suppose some of the criteria if you're obviously fit um, probably seem to uh, adjudicate on the game well or probably read the game well and things like that and not be you know over fussy or and controversial um, and then the second part of your question you were asking if um, what was the second part if just how I suppose is there a lot of other competition like is there a lot oh, of yeah, other sorry, people yeah, that yeah. are looking to so that time yeah I mean the, the, the hurling referees there was a strong panel there at the time um, and you know, in the last maybe four or five years of that panel that w would have been there, say, from 2006 when Kilkenny were strong, a lot of those guys would have retired since, you know what I mean? So, yeah, the panel was strong at that time. And when it came to the national panel, you know, there was there was 12 on it, and it was a kind of a good a kind of a battle to get on the panel of 12. I think they reduced it down to 10 one year because there wasn't actually that many championship games to go around on the referees at the time because uh, you know Munster probably just had the quarter final two semi-finals and a final Leinster you might have a prelim preliminary round but sure you had Kilkenny and Wexford in a semi-final you had no um, Ulster championship and then you had Galway coming straight through probably into a quarter final from Connacht so there wasn't really a huge amount of games but I suppose if I was to say maybe some of the uh, games that you know uh, bring back good memories would have been in Casement Park in Belfast uh, did a, a lot of games there between doing linesman I remember New York were over playing Antrim um, did league games even further north up in Cushendall and in the Glens uh, Tipperary and Antrim uh, one time in snow there was a doubt about that game going ahead um, 
actually, yeah, did a lot of games in Ulster. The only, the only county, by the way, <clears throat> that myself and Dumpers that I didn't officiate in was Kerry. So either doing linesman or referee, um, be it in colleges or whatever. Did every county bar Kerry. Wow. Yeah. That's some record. So, yeah. Jeez, you've seen it. every corner of the country. Couldn't, couldn't make it to Kerry. Um, and, and it's probably the nicest county of all. Yeah, there <laughs> you are. Down there, yeah, take a holiday. Oh, yeah, there. I was um, there for holidays. To get to that level, though, you must have put a lot of work into it, James, did you? Yeah, there was a lot of work. I suppose I was lucky, though, with uh, with, with injuries. I was just saying to one of the lads here, they even at, at uh, training there last night, actually, with St Paul's, a small football club. He did his knee there, actually, training, and he's, what, 27 now, and he just said how, you know, a fracture and... Uh, torn ligaments kind of could cost him his whole summer no I was lucky like that because even when I was playing out from probably breaking my hand um, in a hurling match um, I kind of found that you know if I just stayed at a, a level really um, that I was at I found I could just pass the fitness test or whatever you know what I mean it wasn't that uh, it was causing me any um, you know additional uh, work to kind of get over the line but I found then definitely I think when I probably turned maybe um, 35 or 36, I found they were getting a bit tougher, all right, yeah, definitely coming up to 40. There was kind of a natural base level of fitness there just to kind of keep yeah, it ticking. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then they have a, a, a test called the Bangsbow test that they need you to get to a certain level in it um, in order to pass. So that wasn't getting any easier now, yeah. But then it comes with age, too, doesn't it? But the it? game would have also changed a lot, James, in that yeah. the, the players are a lot more athletic now than they were probably when you started off. Oh, definitely. Did it become more challenging for you then to kind of keep up with that? Yeah, it did. And there was talk about two referees and that coming from different quarters. But, like, I mean, you know, it's all down to about the reading of the game. You're right, like, if you take, say, like, even the the Tipperary Kilkenny finals of, you know, back in the, in the, in the day, um, say, there between... 2008 to 2012 it was it was Galway and Kilkenny like an awful lot of aerial battles do you know what I mean the ball was got in the full back line and probably struck maybe 60-80 yards down the field but now you're spot on like the game has evolved that it's more of a running game um, you know you look at even Cork there look at Limerick um, the style of play that they have it, it definitely has evolved and um, short passing more so um you know, maybe not as long uh, striking of the ball. The long strike of the ball is nearly harder to kind of compete with because if that's cleared, you have to see what's happening the far end of the field. So it's yeah. just all about reading it that time. And But um, no, I wouldn't be in favour of two referees in hurling. I never was. And I think it's just showing like the last couple of years, like, you know, if you have one good referee, it's, it's really enough. And have you a team of linesmen? Is it the same people most of the time or does that change? It changes. So um, you have your four umpires um, that... that you select and they get trained up and you might have a panel of six uh, to pull from because do you know what I mean over the course of the year uh, you mightn't uh, have all four on a given day but you'd pull four out of six but I was lucky I suppose um, Adrian Murray um, Lord Ressam he was um, a great Westmead uh, Gale he refereed and I inherited uh, three of his umpires and uh, he actually was the man that got me started in refereeing as well, I should have mentioned. And then, um, yeah, they, they get training. The, the linesmen are appointed then by the committee. So if it's in Leinster or be it any other province, the linesmen, Crow Park, they appoint them separately. So, for example, for the football final, uh, next Saturday, the referee is Joe McQuillan. Then they appoint the standby referee, who is David Goff. Um, the linesman is also appointed and the, and the sideline official. 
You got, you have to get to know these guys quite well though because there has to be a level of trust there. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Especially on a big occasion like that. Yeah, that's it. And then a lot of the training we'd probably do, uh, you know, the referees would do a lot of training together in Abbottstown. Uh, that, that for sure. Um, the umpires, exactly. You have to be singing off the one hymn sheet for that. No, it was lucky. Thank God we didn't ever have anything controversial in any of the uh, championship games. You know, not that I don't even recall having to overrule an umpire. I was very lucky to have had great umpires because that takes a huge amount of pressure off. Like I know over the years, you know, referees have had to drop family members or maybe close friends as umpires because they weren't up to it. Do you know what I mean? And you can't have like a situation where. You know, games are lost like because of poor indecision. It has happened, like even with Hawkeye back in the day. It's just a war now for Limerick when you think back that they were robbed out of a minor final in Crow Park because the settings for Hawkeye were wrong to put in the settings for football. And that time I asked a question of the horse and jockey down at Tipperary. I said, you know, I said, is this Hawkeye, is it 100% foolproof? And we were told, yeah, it is. Um, make sure you go to Hawkeye before Hawkeye comes to you we were told <laughs> so like yeah Limerick were robbed and and the rules on the day obviously they lost the game by a point I'm pretty sure but now a lot of that team now you know they've got just a reward because they've come on to win their three seniors out of four years comes around again exactly what does the preparation <clears throat> for the big day look like so let's say you're going out to Crow Park to do a game what's your preparation throughout the week like okay so um if it was an ordinary match, say if it was a Leinster final or something, you'd, you know, if it was. I love a, how a Leinster final's yeah. an ordinary match. <laughs> yeah, well, as in not a, not a, a game like, okay, what I meant was like if it was an All Ireland final, you know, they'd put you up in accommodation the night before. Okay. But if it was a club final or that, um, you'd be at home the night before, probably go to Mass the morning of the match if it was a Sunday, um, do the collection, might read uh, the first or second reading, and uh, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd leave in good time. Um, that's important too uh, you'd get to the venue at least an hour beforehand so uh, the routine would be um, light breakfast I suppose usually wouldn't chat much about the game really on the way up just probably approaching the venue you might just bring it up in small conversation but you'd have talked to your lads probably the tourists are Friday night before the match anyways um, interestingly uh, the club final we refereed back in Crow Park I do recall we left in great time it was St Patrick's Day we avoided all the traffic going into Dublin and we were in the vicinity of Crow Park and you know it was just because the sergeant on duty he wouldn't let us down the usual route we went we had a car pass we said like you know that we'd, we'd gone this route before um, and uh, take a right at the big tree and head down and he was kind of directing us right around the far side of the stadium and with the traffic and crowds and everything we were actually caught in traffic I think for about a good 40 minutes if you could believe that oh, yeah and instead of getting into Crow Park for the uh, start of the match I think you know an hour beforehand we were actually down to I think probably about I think 35 minutes it was grand but it was you need a cool head in that situation it was, it was too close for comfort yeah and do you get nervous on the big days? Uh, you'd have a certain amount of nerves before a match. Yeah, I think it just helps you cho- um, kind of helps you to focus in on you're the sharp, game. Doesn't it? it means yeah, you're it sharp. does. Yeah, but like normally, like you know, if, uh, once our on a Naveen is played, you kind of it's your cue to kind of tune in, and then you know, just early on, you know, watching out for the first few fouls, and then once you're up and going, then it just takes off. Then and it's kind of roller coaster. Then really, isn't it? 
is that first kind of five ten minutes really important just to set your mark oh, it is it sets the tone as well really because i mean you know if there's off the ball incidents you know we've had some of them um have been kind of one of those that you know um was involved in one with uh, tipperary and wexford back and turles back in the day i think it was an all-earning qualifier yeah there was kind of a bit of fisticuffs to far into the field um uh, a player actually sustained an injury out of that because his his uh his uh, face guard was interfered with he kind of the helmet was pulled off him basically now at that time there was no rule on helmets and it was probably in light of that he got he got 14 stitches at the back of his ear do you know oh. what i mean yeah. so at the time the team doctor said you know that that he's cut i didn't realize the seriousness of it because if if i had at the time it obviously would have been dealt with a, a red card under dangerous play but um yeah like early on you set the tone for what happens thereafter and uh, you know usually the game has probably evolved a lot has tidied up a bit there's no such thing as sorting out that used to happen probably back even before i start a referee and you know our lads would be breaking hurls over one another Jesus. That day is kind of gone, I think. <laughs> You're not sorry, it's a <laughs> No, exactly. And when you say then about that guy that had the stitches and that and you missed that, is there then more pressure on you? Do you feel like you need to up your levels here or does it impact you or is it just yeah. doing your best to keep a cool head? Yeah, doing your best to keep a cool head. Now, the umpires did draw my attention to it. Again, I gave two yellow cards when the game was over and then it's not over because you have the Sunday game. And then the Sunday game will highlight, you know, um, you know, whatever that they feel the producer needs to highlight. And then they might say, well, look, at, you know, but at the time we didn't have technology, you know what I mean, to look at replays or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, I recall another game in Antrim where uh, there was uh, just an ordinary what seemed to be an innocuous shoulder kind of to the front. Gave the free, gave the yellow card. The player was actually stretchered off. Um and uh, Brian McFall uh, is his name and it was only after that then you know that I think a week or two later uh, that word came back that he'd actually a cracked sternum so that was some impact do you know what I mean uh, when Brian Geary I think it was a Limerick 6 foot 4 kind of hit him so it just shows do you know what I mean again an early stage in a match actually I didn't give a free I gave an advantage to got a pint and I went back and gave him a yellow card and I kind of said to myself that that was good um, but then when I chatted the umpires they felt actually it was bordering on kind of being dangerous but then you had to go out and referee the second half as if that hadn't happened so clear head and just restart again like do you know what I mean can half time kind of throw you off like if you're here at half time you think geez I've put a great performance in there in the first half and then a bit of conversation goes in the dressing rooms at half time yeah. you know and somebody saying to you geez you might have missed that James does yeah. that you know is Again, that a dangerous yeah, time you'd have to you'd have to control the dressing room as well because like I mean if there was a lot of kind of you know um, negative talk you know I would ask obviously I'd ask about a few incidents what I think you know, I need to know but exactly what you said like the last thing you want is a you know a linesman or saying you know not that they would but if you did miss something you'd like to know about it too but like you know um it's really a time to refocus first half is over what happened happened we can't change and let's go for the second half do you know so uh, yeah it's a good time to get a break as well because uh, some of those games at that level you, you'd need to rehydrate on that 
and you mentioned the Sunday game as well would that affect you then if you're seeing something on there that maybe you've missed or maybe it didn't go so well would you get a sleepless night from it or is it are you good at kind of just letting it wash over you yeah no I'd have to say you know um, again when you're dealing with the media in terms of like you know um, you know what might be written in a match report or what the Sunday game might cover uh, you're right uh, to be honest with you you would uh, watch the Sunday game um I've always watched a Sunday game, even if it wasn't, you know, refing a match that weekend. Um, and yeah, like to have brought up at times, you know, that, you know, myself included and other referees, you know, did they, did they um, err? But at the end of the day, we're all human. Um, yeah, you might, you might get um, a bit of, bit of stick, like maybe the next day in work about it, but you have to get on with it, like, because everybody knows players make, make mistakes, referees make them, and that's it, you know, you write the report on the Sunday evening. And that's it. It's faxed off or emailed off to Crow Park on Monday, and the report is posted. And there's not a whole lot you can do then, really, about it, regardless of what's said or done. Comes or, with experience as well. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. You know, is there ever a thought in your head before matches about certain players? I need to watch out for him. I need to no. keep an eye on that book. No. Would you believe? And I know even, and I don't mind saying this, like even in Crow Park at some meetings, like they would say, like they bring up clips, and you know, the same player might feature in a, a few clips. But no, I wouldn't because. I, I think if you go out with a, a kind of a, a, some sort of a disposition about a player, then, you know that you might be watching out for something. You you, you could very quickly overreact to and make a wrong call on, on something that, you know, I don't call it phantom refereeing, but something that, you think might have happened, but the reality maybe didn't happen. So, um, obviously players come with certain types of style you'd watch out for a style of play but no you wouldn't be going out saying to lads right uh, number two now the last day like he's pulled and dragged number uh, number 15 around the place it's not going to happen today no you definitely wouldn't do that no yeah preconceived ideas can kind of exactly. just set you up for, for yeah. a fall and I suppose then as you get to know players over the years as well do you figure out that there's different ways to manage different personality types for example or that this guy responds a little bit better to this than this yeah I think we're lucky uh Hurling referees in particular, because the game is played so fast, and I, I definitely have seen this at football, because if there was a game, I've seen it actually up in Ulster, um, you know, the amount of talk back that goes on to football referees, it's, it's huge compared to hurling. Like, hurling is so fast that when the decision is made, you're probably gone 40 yards down the field before the free is even taken. Some lads might question you, of course. You try and treat them with respect. But yeah, lads that have different you know different ways of kind of talking to you um, you know even maybe during a break and play but uh, as I say no thankfully over the years that's one brilliant thing about hurling it's such a fast game they might ask you something you can answer them very quickly respectfully but you move on do you know what I mean you see a lot of football because it's played laterally the game stopped there's uh, taking the man out there's late shoulders uh, I've seen it happening it's definitely you know a different game completely have more opportunities to get yeah. in your case because the game has slowed down now you said it yeah yeah and have you ever had any situations where you had a player or a manager that was particularly difficult to deal with or was there anything there that's really tested you yeah um well i suppose you know different managers i i know one day we were actually up in a game um in monaghan i think it was and for some reason i i, I still to this day don't know why uh, there was a meat manager involved in that match and he kept hurling abuse at me and he said something about the rules and he was giving out about the President's Association and everything and I kind of said I think this lad is at the wrong match I don't know what his agenda was obviously we had run-ins um, 
you know, who didn't with Davy Fitz. Um, I think the only time I've ever been booed off a pitch at half time, in my opinion, it was pre-orchestrated. He wrote about it in a book that I didn't read. Um, now, I did read one of his books in the earlier years before I, I started refereeing. But basically, you know, his side of the story was that, you know, that I had been um, hard on Clare um, in the first half. He said he had some sort of evidence to prove that. But he was clever enough to get some of his backroom team to kind of challenge me coming off the pitch, knowing that he'd get a reaction out of the crowd, knowing that then come out the second half that, um, you know, the crowd would kind of be on my case. He didn't come out, even though he was asked to come out that I needed to speak to him. He stayed under the tunnel. I had to start the game. But, um, yeah, like, uh, who hasn't had a run-in with David? Um, <laughs> you know, several of the referees that I know have had, but at the end of the day, he's passionate, isn't he? That's it. Very passionate. He probably knows how to get the crowd on his side and exactly, wound up as yeah, well. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I know he has his heart in the right place, but sometimes he can, he can really overreact, you know, to situations. It's happened, like, you know, I've been on the pitch you know haven't been have to be put off the pitch like you take other top managers like um jimmy barry murphy Derek mcgrath like brian cody um you know um great managers um anthony cunningham never really a word do you know what i mean and that's only to name four or five or six okay they might you know rf or whatever in odd time but that's it like they have a job to do and the referee has their job to do as well and I suppose for the most part when they say that you're respectful to them you're getting exactly. the same back you that's know? it yeah, it's yeah. like all walks of life how yeah. do you find dealing with the crowd uh, really I suppose at games you know that we were involved in at the top level you just block it out really so what happens between the lines and then you have an earpiece anyway so it's not it's not overly clear to hear but you would hear obviously a roar but no you just kind of really ignore it You've never had anything that's kind of gone too far. No, that you go, no, no, no. Luckily, nothing. No, Besides. even at club games, then when, you know, there might be, maybe a few hundred to, you know, if it's a county final, you think back when was there nine or ten thousand at county final with COVID, but, um, even semi finals to be a lot of noise, but you wouldn't pass any heat in it. Have you done any work, kind of, on your mindset or psychology or anything like that to deal with that sort of stuff? Yeah, we had, uh, we had, um, talks given to us uh, in Crow Park, and uh, we had, um the um, assistance of um, a psychologist as well. So he could work with you individually if you wanted. Uh, he was based in Galway. Um, you know, if, if there was any issues or anything like that, you had his number, Justin Campbell is his name, and you could contact him, a former former um, Galway and club holder. So, uh, yeah, no, that was kind of provided. And in fairness, if if you wanted any anything, you, you just kind of lifted the phone and they were, he was there at the end of it. I'd say you're fairly well centred anyway. You can kind of manage yourself. Yeah, you, yeah, you do. You, you do have to kind of be able to do that at at at, uh, at refereeing anyway. Yeah, and tell me about the All Ireland Finals then. That's obviously big highlights of your career. <clears throat> yeah, um, twenty twelve and thirteen. Wasn't thirteen it? and twelve and thirteen. I might go back to one before that. There was there was a couple of great club championship matches. One in particular stands out. Uh, De La Salle and um, Claren Bridge of Galway played in a cracking game in Turles on a Saturday evening. It went to extra time and it was so dramatic that there was two points in the game. If I recall, there was two points in the game and time it was very nearly up, as in it was gone into additional time and extra time. I think there was two minutes. That time it was ten minutes aside in extra time. Probably coming very near the twelfth minute at the end and De La Salle you know, to reach uh, a club final 
they cleared the ball the ball came back in and I think was it Alan Cairns I think got a flick on it but basically the ball finished up in the back of the net it was unbelievable um, obviously it was it was very hard for De La Salle to lose a game in such circumstances but I think it was it was a massive scoreline it was something like um, it was uh, 127 to 322 that was, a, that was a cracking game um, yeah other games I suppose the Two, you asked me about. Yeah, the 2012 drawn match was a great match. I didn't think the replay was probably, you know, as good. Um, by and large, you know, we had a red card that day um, towards the end. Sir Donnan was involved with an altercation with JJ Delaney off the ball. Uh, got caught with an advantage I probably could have given. Uh, was just a bit blinded. Uh, Joe Canning was probably true. I didn't think he was. Blew the free now. Um, David Herity stopped and goal so everybody stopped Joe took the shot obviously finished up in the net the crowd thought it was a goal probably that was probably when people considered you know the advantage rule and you know going with the five seconds and that so um, the 2013 final drawn match and replay uh, you know that that, that 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 was really exhilarating it was a brilliant game um, phenomenal amount of uh, scores in the match to keep up with the pace of that Um you know, I think it was what was it five sixteen to three sixteen in the end. Uh, Clare, uh, the best team on the day, and um, you know Cork were, were very gracious in defeat. Always very um, sportsmanlike, um, Cork and very athletic, and Clare really, you know, um, produced the best hurling on the day. And yeah, that was that was memorable. Just a couple after that in twenty fourteen, the semi final between Limerick and uh, between Limerick. And Kilkenny uh, played in a thunderstorm. Well, definitely thunder and lightning on a Saturday evening. That was another brilliant game. Um, Kilkenny got a goal actually near the end to win that. Then we had the replay of the semi-final between Waterford and Kilkenny and Turles. I think 2016. Then, you know, there was some great Munster finals along the way. There some great Leinster finals. I thought the Munster final in 2018. Uh, you know, was went brilliantly. Um, there was, you know, um, a good win there, and that for um, Clare wasn't it? And the um, sorry for yeah, it was for Clare. And then the dollar and quarter final, which was my last game in twenty eighteen. Um, it was it was a great tough game. Uh, Limerick and Kilkenny. There was twelve frees in the game, six frees each. I thought the game had gone well. The standby referee, Dear McKirwan, who's a very experienced referee from Cork, he thought the game had gone well, and basically that was my last game, and I wasn't officiating any other game after that, even as linesman. And, um, you know, obviously the appointments committee or somebody on the appointments committee wasn't happy, happy with the result that Limerick had beaten Kilkenny, and, you know, I mean some of them to make a statement that I refereed the first half and didn't referee the second half and the same person that said that to me on the phone I asked him was he at the game and he said no he watched it on the television so I said you know <laughs> where are we going with this so uh, yeah that, ha- that as it happened on I think it was August the 8th um, that's when I announced that I, I was resigning from the panel because I got no appointment uh, in the semi-final I did uh, get um, uh, linesman for uh, the semi-final replay 
Crow Park. That was my last game in Crow Park. Uh, Galway won that day, and then, you know, there had been a tradition. I think only once since two thousand and six, one of the referees who refereed the quarter final didn't get the semi final, but he would get the final, providing everything went well. So, that was the first time uh, in. Uh, in 12 years that the quarterfinal referee didn't get the final and then I wasn't appointed in any capacity as standby referee in that so really I kind of just I packed it in then Wow and did you feel it was then kind of down to that official that was kind of saying you ref the first half and didn't ref yeah, the second Yeah he was probably talking on, on behalf of a committee but um, I suppose let's just say um, you know Kilkenny lost um, there was somebody on the appointments committee from Kilkenny I'd say that wasn't happy with that okay. if I should say that <laughs> you've said it now <laughs> um, there was a bit of media attention around that as well wasn't there how was the fallout from that did you handle it okay uh, probably you know I suppose look at I didn't get much support from Crow Park when I did contact them and um, in, 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 in that regard you know I seemed to be hitting roadblocks um, yeah probably you know uh could have handled it probably maybe differently I suppose but at the same time you know I was conscious of the fact that you know we had given a lot of service over the best part of you know over maybe 18 years on the national panel you know a short notice you know going to games in Ulster Connacht um, you know I represented uh, our team was myself and the four umpires you know what I mean so no, we had to be strong and kind of uh, stand by our, our kind of principles and that and uh, spoke to each of them. Um, now, maybe the timing of, you know, resigning from the panel um, probably wasn't ideal because others said, well, you know, it seems to be like so close to actually the appointment been announced that, you know, you weren't ref in the match. But as James Owen said to me, like he said, he didn't really mind because it took the focus off him for the final between Galway and Limerick so um, that that was kind of where it was at the time So three years on any regrets? Um, yeah I suppose the year after you definitely miss it it was um, different um, I kind of took a summer out there I did some refereeing in Boston and did a lot of travelling the following summer um, you know I've even met people there after the All-Ireland this year in Dublin after the match and saying you know will you go back at it and I mentioned to you before the interview started uh, with the um, with the heart condition if you could call that a heart condition uh, that started last year you know that uh, you know a level of of uh, training and, and definitely the fitness test wouldn't wouldn't be um, too good for you know somebody that might have a heart condition that could be you know about to just kick yeah. off at any stage but it's no, in the family for us <laughs> it's, it is exactly it's in the family and that and um, you know when you're up there yeah I, I actually it was the first time I was in Crow Park actually since um, uh, 2018 and it was a little bit emotional I have to say because when when the parade was going around and that and you know you'd be thinking back like it, it seems not too long ago since you were here but when you go back and then you think you know it was 12 and 13 that you know that you did the replays and it was you know uh, 2018 when you were last on the line for a semi-final replay you know and t time flies but 
I suppose you can have no regrets really. It was a great time, like you know, and we had we, we had great times on the road and great times at venues, made many friends out of it. So yeah, obviously, you know, you'd miss it. But three years on, no, like different opportunities have come along since. Like last year, I was manager of Ratoat Hurlers. We were very near getting Ratoat over the line in the Mead Championship. Uh, Brendan Doyle, the trainer, excellent man from from Wexford. Uh, he was training. I was manager and great club great club men there in Rathoth the final wasn't played the Sunday after Rathoth robbed um, Kells in the football final it wasn't played because all the games were called off on the Monday after the Cork final and uh, it would have been the first time in the history of the club to get to a final or win it since 1958 I think and uh, it was played there in um, in July and sorry in August um, on August the 6th I think it was and uh, Nora Toth lost to Trim uh, 126 to 125 after extra time it was a brilliant game of hurling so yeah that kind of was uh, you know something I thought I'd never get into at probably senior level I didn't plan it it just came about um, I had managed teams obviously school teams and uh, and that um, managed Westmeath Miners back in the day as well I was coordinator with the county seniors for uh, a year as well so um, yeah really enjoyed that Rato was back with them then for the run up to the, the final when it was played this year but that was it it was only for the time that they were involved I'm not with them now then I got a phone call there about three weeks ago now St Paul's are a junior football team in uh, in, in Westmeath they're on the meat border there and uh, I'm kind of interim manager there now. They've lost two rounds of the junior football. So if they don't win tomorrow evening, it could be a. I said to somebody at work today, there's actually a lad in collecting his leaving cert results. He said, uh, Are you managing St Paul's now? Of course, I had asked him, What happened to you in the first two games? I said, If you don't win tomorrow evening, you're out. So he was quick enough to come back to me and say, <laughs> Are you managing St Paul's now? So then the penny dropped that he knew that we're in the same boat. Because if we lose, we're up shit creek as well, we're out. So I said it could be the shortest manager in history. Ah, sure, look, you gotta go. <laughs> About three and a half or four weeks, I think probably three weeks. Ah, you'll pull it out of the bag tomorrow. Hopefully James. we will, yeah. You will, you will. Are you getting the buzz out of the management? Uh, yeah, it's good now. I'll have to say, um great set up there. I, I just don't know really, I suppose, you know. When you look at clubs like Ratoth, and I came from a very small club, you know, huge facilities, you know, the amount of underage, like we'd be up there training some mornings at half eight and there'd be underage coming into the pitches there, filing in three pitches uh, from nearly nine o'clock. Um, weeknights, dual players, county players, uh, three pitches. You know, we always wouldn't get priority for pitch one. It was underage and it great, you know, the great sense of, um, you know, club spirit. It's, it's probably one of the bigger clubs in, in, in Meath. But any of the clubs, I suppose, around satellite towns like that coming out of Dublin are kind of getting bigger. Country clubs, some of them nearly, you know, some of the teams disbanding because they haven't the numbers to field, you know. But, um, yeah. yeah, no, it, the management definitely enjoyed my time, made great friends in Ratoth, and uh, um, we'll see what happens now after. You'll be staying involved tomorrow. in some capacity anyway. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like, in the blood. It was great to see, like, even there um, yesterday after school, the first time that we had actually hurling on the school pitch in the community college in Castle Pollard since October uh, 2019. Oh. You know, when you think back and about the young people and mental health issues, like 
you know, obviously the lockdown didn't come till March, but our hurling is always kind of, you know, from September till around Halloween. It might go on till, if games run late with pitches, it might run on. It ran on till January one year when we, we won in North Leinster uh, here in, in Mullingar. But uh, that's um, that's always there. Like, cause we, we're lucky. We have we have um, a great tradition in the school for hurling and camogie in particular. And we're lucky to have staff like that can kind of, help out with coaching as well you know they're interested just being vice principal of a school as well going back to even when you were refereeing that must be a fair old juggling act trying to keep everything going yeah I'll tell you um, you know it's gas because some Mondays you'd actually be hopping down the corridor I don't know yeah, I found the wear and tear some days you know because if you if you do the average probably was it about maybe eight, over 8 kilometres like in, in 75 minutes uh, you definitely feel it on the Monday morning you know and you go for a recovery session probably in here into Azur on the Monday evening but um, yeah like uh, you know some of the um, staff have been saying um, you look the worst of the way there the way you're hopping along today and I said ah, yeah it kind of comes at all age like, but uh, no um, the school uh, I suppose has grown a lot since and yeah like I mean if you take somebody like John Kiley who's the Limerick manager he's principal of a school if I'm not mistaken isn't he mm-hmm. I think he is yeah right so like you can just imagine you know how many minutes has he in the day that's spare and then you try and put like I'm single now but he's probably a married man with kids and you know has to juggle that uh, probably a school maybe three times the size of ours probably I'd say he probably is a school maybe of 800 I can't think of the name of it now but I'm fairly sure he's a principal in a school like you know it's a fair old commitment yeah but then if you take it like look at who he's managing though yeah, like yeah. a lot of lads with self-discipline and yeah. kind of that you know they probably had their moments too when they went abroad but maybe they're not probably not used to travelling yeah, that's a bit of a a <laughs> dust up <laughs> once wasn't there <laughs> oh man yeah and, and even you, one of the things you said there when you were kind of reflecting on some of the bigger games was Jesus that was a brilliant game do you know what's a brilliant game when you're in the middle of it or are you just kind of yeah. watching for everything and not aware of that well Obviously, no, you would because a lot of the games, if it was high tempo, you'd be kind of nearly working off the adrenaline of it, wouldn't you? Right. Um, but, you know, you're not there, I suppose, really either to contribute to a great free-flowing game and let, you know, everything break loose either. But, uh, no, you'd, you'd, you'd know, you, like, if you're that long referee and you'd know if a game went well or if it didn't because if it didn't, you'd probably be told straight away after it by, you know, one of your umpires if the game was over that we missed or... You could come out and get in the car and you could be listening to Radio 1 driving out of Turles or driving out somewhere and you'd have a load of gobshites this after texting in to Brian Carty or not Brian but somebody else and you know, they'd be reading out a lot of stuff and that and you wouldn't know it till you'd probably see the Sunday game and see what was going on but um, no, overall look at you take the rough and smooth and you get on with it. You enjoyed it all anyway I think. That's the yeah no thing. it was, it was brilliant, it was great. Like, and we were lucky too, Like we had an all-stars trip to New York in 12 and, and Shanghai couldn't wait to get out of China though and it's not because of Covid but in 2013 when we landed in, in Shanghai like somebody from green fields in the country and everyone was running around with masks on them and the air pollution was a disaster. We were there for five days but I tell you I, I couldn't wait to get out. It was a good trip alright. Um, yeah we had we had different trips as well like you know people might know it not that it's an incentive to go refereeing or anything, but, you know, you might have a weekend trip, yeah, to Europe. The, the European games are fairly strong. We were in Singapore another time. Um, I, I mentioned Boston. I was in Boston twice. Uh, that was um, 
um, some great games out there because they bring out some of the best of the you know the the talent from here like uh, probably county players that might be knocked out of the championship um yeah no so that there were some definitely um memorable times and met great people and that yeah and when you went back up to Crow Park recently and you're meeting them with the fans is there a bit of banter there or did well, people come and speak it's funny to you? I actually I, w- I met a man that, that you know I had a ticket and there was kind of a swap of a ticket because it was up on the upper and I prefer Lauren we were walking around the grounds and some lad from Limerick he, he was racing down Jones's Road kind of on his own and just out of the blue he shouted hey ref you should be ref on this and I kind of look and I hadn't a clue who he was but he was a man on a mission anyway <laughs> <laughs> he, actually look it's, it's nice he, to mingle with them yeah, it, uh, yeah and in, in fairness after the match now um, isn't it gas uh, I was talking to both Cork and Limerick fans just even walking up the road and saying congrats or whatever and yeah um, there was a um, a guy who's actually doing a bit of refing or starting out and he was asking about referee and his dad actually was a great hurler back in the day um, I can't think of his first name I think it's Heffernan from Limerick with a hurl in the 90s yeah but his, his son obviously has some interest in referee and so I just told him to stay a mile away from it I said if you've any sense <laughs> especially <laughs> down in Limerick it wouldn't be safe uh, Sherlock it all worked out well for you though you had a great old career cause yeah like, yeah you know we've looked at you know, kind of left 2018 or whatever maybe it was a little bit earlier than you could have gone on for longer yeah, but you there could, so yeah. many highlights as well like. yeah like I mean you can stay in the panel to your 50 but like you know maybe there's a lot to be said to get out you know when you can because you know the fitness tests don't get any easier and I, you know and I have to say too I was delighted to um, to hear the appointment for Joe McQuillan I'm not sure of Joe's age but like to have done three finals this will be his fourth final uh, on Saturday evening um, you know you know to, to maintain that level of fitness and that and you know he's, he's he was on the trip with him, himself and the wife to, to New York and uh, yeah it was it was great appointment for him to get you know considering like you know um, he hasn't too many years left uh, you know yeah. on the panel so yeah that's good like uh, I mean for, for Joe and his umpires as well it's great honour yeah it's nice yeah. to see that's nice to see. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure, James. I think we've probably covered most of the career there, yeah. haven't we? Anything else we've left out? Uh, actually, I have, a f- I have one now for you. Um, for it. It's kind of a funny one, just to finish up. Uh, we were doing, I think it was a Leinster Intermediate match in Wexford Park. And uh, after about 10 minutes, this lad was going through and a lad absolutely malavogged him with the hurl. And it was definitely a red card, so he went... We were driving up to Enniscorty and uh, we said we'd stop for a bite to eat as you would normally anyway on the way home but we could have travelled further but there was a bit of music playing on the streets it was an evening in the month of July and probably about 23 degrees as it usually is in Wexford about 18 when you get back to Mullingar but Ten we, in Sligo Ten in Sligo <laughs> we, we stopped anyway and we went into this place but when we sat down I went up to order um, or get menus and uh, there was two or three lads just standing there just at, at the... At the uh, at the counter area and I just said they were wearing Wexford t-shirts and I just said well lads were you at the match in Wexford Park and one of them turned around and he looked at me and he said was I at it he said you sent me off <laughs> <laughs> and there was a big laugh and James has gone running for yeah, cover <laughs> no he actually do you know what he said he said thanks very much he says because I wanted to get to America he says to play I think in Chicago or something. <laughs> you well, I, says, I said there you go there's your reason now got him suspended lovely yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus great crack. yeah nice chat now yeah. <laughs> just great to have you James thanks for that and I think our listeners would have enjoyed that as well okay. so appreciate your time no bother all the best thanks that's man. it for this week's folks I hope you enjoyed that I will speak to you all again soon.